Welcome to the Girl Dad Show, a professional parenting podcast. Each month, I interview entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals who are balancing parenthood, life, and profession in the hopes to learn what it takes to be an amazing professional parent. Today on the Girl Dad Show, I'm interviewing Jason Suhoy, CEO and founder of Supercast, an amazing dad of two, and an awesome husband. In this episode, we dive into topics such as how your family history and culture influences your upbringing and how you raise your kids. We talk about finding time for yourself and being intentional as you are raising your kids in an entrepreneurship house where both parents are building businesses. And also how you have to be very, very dedicated to your spouse and significant other and carving out that time to spend with each other so that the family unit as a whole is healthier and happier. It's a great episode and I hope you enjoy it. Jason, yes, thank you so much for joining me today on my show. Yeah, I'm excited to chat, man. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Why don't you tell the listeners what you do for a living? Sure. So I uh, work in tech, um, have been in tech startups uh, for well over a decade at this point. Um, and I am the CEO and co-founder of uh, a, a startup called Supercast. Um, nice. So Supercast is a platform actually in, in the field of podcasting. So um, So meta. Yeah, what we do is we help uh, uh, podcasters that you know have established audiences monetize uh, with premium subscriptions. Um, so yeah. as we know, you know, like um, a lot of podcasters, they built up an audience. Uh, they might be making some money with ads, which is awesome. You know, like that's that's great. You know, like that's mm -hmm. one way of you know kind of earning money from your craft. Uh, we we approach it, you know, like kind of com completely uh, differently with the idea that. Uh, you could be offering uh, your true fans and your audience, you know, the top 5% of your audience, a, a premium version of your podcast. So bonus episodes, uh, extended interviews, um, the ability to ask questions, uh, AMA episodes, etc. Whatever it is that, you know, like kind of you want to offer as a creator, um, there is, you know, a portion of your audience that will be prepared to pay you $5, $10, $15, you know, to, to get that additional engagement and that, that deeper yeah. connection with you. That's awesome. And so what made you do this? Are you like a huge podcast fan or like what, what, what drove the desire to start a business to do uh, this service in the podcast realm? Yeah. Um, so I have been, you know, basically in the creator space, the creator economy, as they call it mm -hmm. these days, uh, for, um, you know, the bulk of my career. So before I was at Supercast, I was... COO and fifth employee at a, another business called 99 designs, mm -hmm. um, which is a global marketplace for graphic design. You know, we, we right. kind of burst in onto the scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, around 2008, 2009 with this idea that you could get a logo or, you know, something designed on the internet and rather than trying to pick a designer based on their portfolio on something like Upwork, you could just describe what you want, you know, like, Hey, I need podcast artwork for a show, girl, dad, you know, like, and this is what the show is about and show me what you got world, you know, and then, um, basically you would get concepts from all over the world. You know, we had over one and a half million designers, you know, all around the world registered talented designers wow. who wanted to earn extra money. And you would get typically 60 to 80 different concepts from a dozen different designers. And then you could choose your, your favorite design. Um, so, I mean that, you know, that was just, 
it was a wild journey with Nine Designs. You know, first three years we were bootstrapped, and then eventually, you know, like Patreon got their logo design, Nine Designs, Stack Overflow, mm-hmm. uh, Docker. You know, all these iconic companies you were getting these their logos designed from this dinky little startup. You know, in Australia, yeah. we, and we just we just faked our way. You faked being a US company. You know, in the early days, yeah, uh, all the way from Melbourne, Australia, um, and then you know, eventually VC started knocking and um and we raised Series A with Excel uh partners. Um and, you know, I, I moved over here to the US, you know, as part of that journey because most of our customers were uh from the US. Um and uh, you know, just just started moving into different roles. So um, you know, kind of product and operations first. Uh, expanding, you know, the product team in, in Australia and through like growth and partnerships over here in the US. Um, and eventually that, that the business was acquired um, by Vistaprint. So, um, uh, you know, just, just, you know, obviously, you know, when you need, when you get things printed, you know, like they need to be designed somehow. And so there was, a, you know, just a really Oh, wow. <clears throat> I know about 99 designs. I didn't know that Vistaprint bought it. That's crazy. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, and, that's and that awesome. was part of that came about as part of like the partnership stuff that we started to to do. You know, we started to yeah. think about 99designs not only as a marketplace on its own, but as a way for other businesses to tap into the power of design. And so we mm-hmm. we partnered with um, Squarespace, for example. You know, if, you, if you're on Squarespace and you didn't realize it was a DIY product, you know, like how do you find somebody, you know, that, that can design your site for you? Um, mm. you know, you can now do that, you know, through a partnership with no own design, same with square. Yeah. And then we got talking to printing companies and then we got talking to Vistaprint and you know, there was a, there was a bigger natural fit. Yeah. So that's wild. Uh, anyway, that's a long way of saying I've we've been working with creators and, and helping creators get paid, you know, like for a long time. Um, interestingly, you know, I first kind of got into podcasting, um, because Tim Ferriss, if mm. uh, for a lot of people, when I mentioned 99 designs, they're like, Oh yeah, I heard about you guys on the Tim Ferriss show. Mm. Um, and you know, he, he used 99 designs to design the cover of his second book. Um, and therefore when he, when he launched his podcast and he approached us about sponsorship, I was like, yeah, like we'll absolutely sponsor. And, and he could just <laughs> so authentically, you know, about his experience. with 99 yeah. So it was an incredible acquisition channel, um, you know, for, reaching you know like all the entrepreneurs and tim's audience who would then go on to start their own businesses and you know get new logos and 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 so on and so forth um but as i kind of like developed that relationship with tim's podcast i then started listening and then i started adopting his diet and i started adopting his workout (laughs) regimes and you know i i i really you know like because he was in my ears you know like yeah yeah i i fell on you know i fell in love and i felt that 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 you know, that connection with, you know, kind of the host of a podcast that, you know, really is something special about podcasting. Um, and so when the opportunity came about to, to basically um, work with Andrew Wilkinson from Tiny, who had just, who had basically, you know, happened upon this opportunity of, of, of pairing together podcasting and the subscription business model, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I couldn't help but jump in. That's an amazing story. I love it, and you and you make it sound so effortless. But I, I'm I, I'm sure it's riddled with all sorts of ups and downs, and learnings, and 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 crossroads, and all sorts of decisions sure. you've had to make. Yeah, yeah. That's a wild story. What's kind of fun too, because most listeners don't know, is that we just met recently. We only met like a couple months right. ago, and we ended up becoming like 
besties very very fast we started hanging right, out uh, right. very very quickly after that and uh connected and it's like so fun to like hear the actual full story because i actually haven't even heard the full story uh it's so awesome right. out of all the times we've hung out like now i kind of like have even a better grasp but i learned it because you're on my podcast versus us hanging out and and breaking bread which is uh which is awesome um but yeah. let's 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 go into it so then uh so the podcast thing i was actually wondering about that too because i listened to the tim ferris podcast as well and i totally know what you mean like it's it's amazing because I, I don't know if you do it like in the morning, but I listen to it in the morning as I'm making coffee and I'm kind of getting ready for my day. You know, I just put on a podcast and I'll rotate through the ones that I like. And then um, but like it's like a, it's like an interesting thing because I have realized there's two things that I've noticed about podcasting is one is that um, there's a lot more podcasters um, than there have ever been. <laughs> and um mm-hmm. Two, I think people that listen to podcasts like really listen to podcasts and then people that don't like don't. There seems to be a delineation. And I could be totally wrong in this, but have you noticed any of those kind of um, things that I just mentioned? Well, for sure, there's a lot more podcasters. So, um, uh, you know, I think in, in 2021, it doubled from like 1 million podcasters at the end of 2021 to, to 2 million, you know, and this wow. is just in terms of like the number that have uh rss feeds you know that are basically Mm -hmm. you know in in the directories so you know that's kind of an apple podcasts reported number now of course Mm -hmm. like anything you know a bunch of those people probably picked up you know pandemic hobbies and you know like bought them on yeah yeah totally and you know did did an episode or two um yeah uh so so you know by people's educated guesses seems like there's somewhere around 750,000 you know active podcasts um in in the world you know in terms of like regularly uh you know putting uh, publishing episodes um and then you know as far as like listener engagement um yeah there's there there's a pretty you know the the penetration rate you know i think we're up to uh, something like forty-five percent, you know, like of, of Americans like listen to podcasts uh, on, oh, wow. on, on a weekly basis. Um, which which sounds like really high, right? Like it sounds, and for sure yeah, it is that's... high. Uh, but then you know, like the 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 kind of like the analog for radio is something like ninety-five percent, which I don't know that I fully believe that number. Like I, I don't yeah. I can't remember yeah. the last time I listened to to radio. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've, you've always got to pay attention to where stats are coming from and who's, you know, who's, whose purpose it, it serves. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for sure, there are people that, you know, like I, th- I think, you know, the averages reported are that people listen to, um, you know, eight episodes a week and, you know, like in terms of like engaged listeners and then, you know, like from, from five shows. Um, and you know, like that, yeah. so that seems to, to indicate, yeah, wow. when people love you literally just they... like described me. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, right. that's quite literally me. That's my number of podcasts that I f- follow more religiously. And then the number of listen that I listen to a week. That's so interesting. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, now I kind of know, now I kind of know, um, how you got into the space in your, in your professional journey here. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your, uh, your kids? Yeah, so I have uh, two wonderful children, um, a four-year-old girl by the name of Charlie, and um, I guess, you know, like she is my ticket to getting on this podcast. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, girl dad, girl dad first, um, and then we followed that up with um, Taylor, who's uh, two years old, turned two today, actually. Um, so we had a little 
you know, happy birthday muffin for him. Congratulations. Yeah, happy birthday. For him before he went off to daycare this morning. And uh, it'll be a birthday, it'll be a birthday weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, we've got kind of like the, the balance of the two. They, um, Charlie was actually born in New Zealand. Uh, I'm from New Zealand originally. Wow. And so we, you know, we four years ago decided to, um, to, to basically, you know, go back out to New Zealand, even though we lived in the US, uh, we went back to New Zealand, um, you know, towards the end of my wife's pregnancy and gave birth to her there so that we could be, you know, kind of like surrounded by the family, you know, the, the bulk of which, uh, you know, uh, are still back in New Zealand. Um, and, uh, and then Taylor was a pandemic baby. So he, you know, he was born April, 2020, you know, like just after everything locked down, we lived in uh, the Bay area at the time. Um, so that was, that's, you know, a wildly different, uh, experience, but, um, uh, but yeah, uh, incredible kids. Any, any like pros and cons with the, having a, um, Charlie being born in New Zealand? Like, I mean, I obviously it sounds like you did it because you wanted to be near family and it was kind of a momentous moment, but like. I'm assuming the citizenship and the paperwork and stuff is also really interesting, right? As a kid. That's right. Um, so, well, I mean, it turns out with New Zealand citizenship, which they both have, um, you will get it either way. So, so. Oh, got um, it. Doesn't Charlie, matter, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, you know, like the, the process is slightly different, but obviously Charlie, you know, you get one automatically in the end, the other one you have to apply for. Um, and yeah. so it was just flipped, you know, between, between the two of them. So they both are, you know, US and, and New Zealand citizens. Yeah. And then I have to ask this cause, um, I know this, but, uh, I think it's really important that the listeners know so that it sets the stage for the, the next question. Uh, your wife is also an entrepreneur, right? That's right. Yeah. And then do you mind briefly sharing what she does and when she started her business? Yeah. So, um, Cheryl, uh, she's, she's been an entrepreneur, um, from, from way back actually. So she used to live in, uh, New York, uh, and that's where she, you know, started her first startup. This is in the days of like, you know, Groupon, Living Social, you know, keep on buying. And so she had like a, a wallet product, um, based nice. on people buying so many coupons they needed, you know, <laughs> to organize them. Um, yeah. and she, uh, she, she, uh, pivoted that, you know, like to, to a, you know, kind of a, um, personalized shopping, uh, startup moved out here to, uh, or moved out to, uh, San Francisco and then ended up, um, getting acquired by Walmart labs. So that was kind of like stage one of her startup journey. Stage two was she went back to Malaysia That's where amazing. she's originally from, where she was born. And, um, she, uh, helped, she was tapped by the, the, the Malaysian government, the prime minister to actually come and turn Malaysia into the Silicon Valley of Asia. Um, oh, and wow. what she did was essentially, it was like, kind of like, um, you know, like organizing the entire ecosystem. Like it was part general assembly, part working, co-working part, you know, like kind of getting, you know, demo days and, you know, kind of that sort of thing happening so that, you know, she could, she could rally, you know, all of Asia's investors around, you know, the, the idea of a startup ecosystem. And then also putting on an annual conference, you know, that, um, where, you know, everyone gets together and she can bring in experts from around the world. One of whom was me. So that's, that's how we actually nice. ended up meeting is, uh, a mutual friend said, Hey, you should get Jason from No Designs, you know, from Australia to come and, uh, speak at your next conference. Um, she did, uh, and, uh, yeah, it took basically four years, <laughs> sorry, four days for, for me to realize that, um, <laughs> that, you know, she, 
she was something pretty special. On the fourth day, I, in the middle of a nightclub, I, I, I declared my love and, <laughs> and, uh, that, you know, I, I, I saw a future for us together. Um, it, you know, there, there was, it was, it was a bit more complicated than that, but, you know, like just, you know, like, uh, the, 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 the obviously the short story is that, or, or, or the, uh, the, the end result is that, um, six years, we're now uh, in, in in the US with a four-year-old and a two-year-old to our names. I love it. That's an amazing story, man. That's fantastic. You guys are like world travelers in addition to being entrepreneurs and uh, making it all work. Um, I, I'm learning so much about you in this podcast. This is so fun for me. Uh, but it does drive me to the next question because I really want, I really have been meaning to ask you this. Like, what's it like having two founder parents, two startup parents, you know, starting their own businesses and then also having two young kids because I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old and mm -hmm. we could barely do it. We could barely do it, right? With like, even just like having one entrepreneur in the, in, in the, in the, in the couple, having both being entrepreneurs because it's such an enveloping thing to be an entrepreneur and building business, you know? How do you guys manage that? What's that like? Tell me the good and bad. Um... Look, it's nutty, you know, like it is, it is, um, I don't think either of us would recommend this part <laughs> to, 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 to other people, uh, because you know, the way we joke about it is, you know, it's like four startups, you know, like in, in, in one yeah. house, um, you know, because each yeah. of the kids obviously, uh, you know, um, you've got, you, you've got to be just as intentional, you know, about growing a business as, as growing a child, if not more, you know, like, right. and, and, um, uh, the striking that, that, that balance, um, is, is just a constant juggling act. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. In the very beginning, it was, you know, that much harder because of COVID because, um, everybody was all of a sudden, you know, kind of restricted to your household. And that in itself, you know, is not a big deal when you've got really young kids because you, you're just in your household anyway. It was more the fact mm -hmm. that, um, you know, like uh, getting hired help was, you know, like uh, problematic. Yeah. You know, this idea that, you know, like you, you had to be, you know, kind of like all bubbled up. Um, and to that extent, you know, like we had made plans to fly my mother-in-law over from Malaysia, you know, like, you know, as she was around with Charlie's birth, um, but, uh, Malaysia locked down, you know, immediately, you know, just before he, mm. she was about to come out. And so that meant we were literally doing on our own, you know, like for, you know, some months into the pandemic. Uh, but she, we got her over here eventually. So, um, uh, and you know, this is, you know, now I guess about five months ago. So it's been a lot better with her, you know, able to, to basically, you know, be someone, um, that, um, you know, can, can help out, but, you know, also provide that grandma, you know, kind of connection. Yeah. It's um, family. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, that's something that I'm looking to do with my own parents. You know, they haven't met Taylor, for example, for, you know, similar reasons, mm -hmm. you know, they're all the way out in New Zealand that, you know, again, has been, you know, kind of closed off. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I, I think what's different, you know, um, and, and the part that, the part that we, we, are we are pretty intentional about is things like dinner times and, you know, like, Hey, you know, like at mm. five o'clock after we pick up the kids, you know, like, and you know, they're now in the house after, you know, like, um, being, being at daycare for the day, 
um, you know, like we, we don't work, you know, until they go to bed, you know, and so it's intentional about dinner times, it's intentional about, you know, kind of like, um, you know, bathing the kids and, um, you know, reading stories, all, all that kind of stuff, you know, like as every parent does, you know, has a, has a set routine and that's stuff that you like Cheryl and I, you know, like are doing, you know, on a nightly basis, you know, as opposed to, you know, just because grandma's here, we don't offload everything to her, you know, like it, it's, that's deep, you know, kind of bonding connection time, um, you know, like for, for us as, you know, the mother and father, uh, and, and we really value that, you know, like we're, in terms of like, you know, yeah, knowing who our kids are, you know, like and seeing, you know, the, the joy, you know, the experience and, you know, like the depth of their own personalities. Um, and, and the, and same th thing for the weekends, you know, like we, we don't work, you know, like we don't, you know, kind of, Hey, I'm working all day Saturday, you know, can you look after the kids? You know, like that never happens, you know, like we, mm. um, you know, like we're, we're, we're all about, you know, kind of activities for the kids and things like that and, and the weekends. Uh, but the downside, the, the, where it costs us is in two ways, you know, like after the kids go to bed, oh man, like the two of us, you know, just beeline to, you know, kind of our computers and that's where we make up the time, you know? And so that's, yeah. so we, you could say it's efficient. You could say it's like, you know, also, you know, pretty, pretty crazy. Cause you know, we work long into the night, you know, at times, you know, just doing, what we b b both feel is, you know, kind of right thing by our startups, you know, so that's where we're, you know, the trade-off happens um, for us. And, um, you know, I think we have to do that in, in bursts, you know, like and make sure that we're not killing ourselves, you know, like in, in the process. Mm -hmm. um, the second area where I think, you know, we, we're just, we're trading off right now is in, um, I don't know if this is like, you know, getting too deep or TMI or whatever, but, but, you know, like, in, <laughs> frankly, um, uh, my wife and I's connection, Cheryl and I's connection, you know, like, you know, as yep. we kind of like, you know, got into, um, this relationship, you know, like we started off like fully intentional, you know, like we read this book, getting the love oh, that yeah. you want, you know, by Harville Hendricks, you know, like we, we, you know, like we, we just kind of, it's all about Imago theory and, you know, like, and, we, re, you know, reread about all of the phases of, you know, kind of like the, the attachment journey and, you know, like just being, you know, like the, the puppy love days where you're so infatuated, you can't see anything, but, you know, like kind of roses uh, coming from the other person, um, you know, through to the, the more real, realistic periods and, you know, like, it, you know, it requiring more intentional effort. We, you know, and we started off with this idea that, yeah, like we are totally, you know, we want to be intentional about this, you know, we'd happily, you know, like go to coaching and, you know, and, and, you know, kind of like look for proactive ways to keep that connection and keep, you know, like kind of de designing a relationship. And I would say that's the area where, you know, we're not, you know, like right now we're not, you know, like we're just kind of the, the, the four startups are consuming our attention. Um, and it's not creating problems for us, but it's just not the way we want to treat our relationship for, an extended period of time either because you know we know that obviously you know if, if anything that you that you How don't you pay attention that? to that you um uh like do you have like do you have like a set time that you guys are talking about sounds like you guys talk about it which is great but it sounds like you're actually thinking about this like what's that set time have you guys actually articulated that set time there's like four more years of um, this and then we have to change something or oh i see um um, no, we haven't, we haven't defined 
a period like that. Um, you know, really, again, the, you know, I, I think if you talk to any startup founder, it doesn't matter how big they get, you know, they still feel like they're running around like a headless chicken, you know, serious, you know, like yeah, raising yeah. more money, get yeah. bigger teams, you know, like it only gets, I <laughs> <laughs> think it's going to get better and, you know. <laughs> It's what Biggie said, man. More money, more problems. Maybe that's when they hire young and, you know, like young, <laughs> young right. makes it that's all. That's right. Yeah, bring me in. I'll simplify for you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. No, look, I, like, we, um, we haven't talked about it, you know, kind of like in, in, in those terms. Uh, I wouldn't like to see it. You know, and, I, and to be honest, like, I, I don't think I'd be happy with like an answer like, oh, you know, we just got to sacrifice four years, you know, like in you know, some, something as long as that, you know, I think, um, uh, we, you know, having just moved interstate, you know, like recently, I think it's more a case of, Hey, we just, we need to make sure that, you know, we are investing in building the systems, you know, can that, that allow us to have more regular like check-ins with each other and touch points and date nights and, you know, like all of the stuff that, you know, like just allows us to, to strike a healthy balance. I've been doing that with um, Amy. We have, we've been having a hard time keeping up with it because of, you know, like coordination of schedules and busyness and work and all those things. But like a couple of months ago, we started doing weekly date nights and trying to protect it. And then it falls apart and then we get back on track and then it falls apart, get back on track. But like, um, it's like, um, trying to figure out like how to like carve out your day in between the kids. Cause you're realizing I, I had the similar thing and I don't think it's TMI at all. I think it's actually a very, very normal thing that happens. Cause it seems like it happens to a lot of young parents, uh, mm -hmm. sorry, parents that have young kids, not necessarily young parents, but like parents that have young kids. Cause I think in the earlier, um, earlier time of their lives, they're, they're so enveloping, you know, they need so much stuff and they take so much time. Right. And so. Um, they can't like brush their own teeth. They can't like, you know, feed right. themselves. And so there's a lot more stuff that needs to be like done for them. Right. And then by nature, just it forces time away from, you know, the couple. Right. And um, I think it's just like a default that happens. And so you have to like, like intentionally go, uh, go to try to do it because what Amy and I have found is that like, without even like realizing it was happening, we got like so distant from each other. <laughs> you know, we had like our systems and things that we just did. We just, oh, we did, we did the kids. We do the kids things the same as you. We like try to do dinner together, put the kids to bed together. And then we just kind of unwind. Our brains are so blasted, you know, from mm. the day that we're just like, oh, we need like an hour to like unwind and recoup. And then there's like really nothing left in the tank, you know, for, for each other. And it's like, um, it's kind of like a cycle if you don't if you don't address it. Right. So, um, have you have you got any tips? Like, have you have you found you know kind of any ways to hack oh, the system, so to speak? Uh, the only, I mean, gosh, I, I should ask more guests this as well too. That's probably a really good question to include into my repertoire here. But um, the one thing that I've been trying to do is basically do the date night thing and right. um, and and trying to have those date nights. And then the other thing that we've been doing um, that's been helping a lot more, at least on the emotional side, has been um, looking at old photos and videos together. I, mm. I don't know if that like if that make, rings true for you or not, but it goes back to the comment that you made about hey, it's not about the time that I spend, like how much time I'm spending, it's about the quality of the time that I'm spending with them. I mean, you didn't say that like literally, but you're talking about how you're busy all day, but then this time is protected, weekends and evenings, and so you're mm. you're like really focusing in on the kids. But I think it's like the same thing, right? It's like, is there a way to like focus the time that you're spending together to be more? Um, 
qualitative, right? And higher quality and finding things that like trigger the emotional response and the bond faster. And I, I don't know, for me, it works. Like I like looking at these old videos and photos with, the, uh, with Amy Rose send like send old photos and videos to each other, even like while we're working. And then we look at like our kid when they were like one, or like we look at like videos of us before kids, you know, like young and happy and free, you know, and like, um, and it's just like, I don't know, it's a, it creates a little bond there. But those are two tactical things that I've been doing. But no, I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. Um, have you have you have you found anything? I I think for me there's there's got to be something in like lowering the accessibility bar to to that time. So, you know, like and mm. and so more recently, so since since December, you know, like I've been like getting back into like personal fitness, you know, like I've just gone like a couple of years basically <laughs> letting myself go <laughs> like as as also happens to, you know, fathers. Um, oh yeah, uh, with with young kids. So, uh, but and and yeah, beginning of December, I, I decided enough is enough. And and the first thing I did was I just bought these adjustable dumbbells. You know, that's all. That's the only equipment I bought was just dumbbells. And you know, like I've in much younger times in my life, you know, a decade ago, it's pretty consistent going to the gym. So, in terms of like the the exercises and what I could do with those, you know, it's pretty ingrained. I just wasn't doing anything. So I bought these dumbbells and, and I was like kind of flabbergasted at how much I could accomplish just with dumbbells. Mm. Um, and, um, and now I'm thinking about, okay, well, maybe I should buy a barbell and, you know, some other stuff for my home gym. Cause I, I, I've proven to myself that I will do it if it's there. And the, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I should have joined a gym a long time ago, but I, I haven't, you know, like, and so already, you know, like I've kind of like got you know, barriers and then I've got to drive to the gym every time I work out and I'll probably decide that, you know, like, no, I don't have enough time before that meeting or, you know, and so on. And so I'm just kind of like, you know, where my mind goes to in terms of like, um, you know, like more more time with Cheryl, like more quality time is like, you know, how can, how can I lower that accessibility bar so that, uh, you know, like it, it just becomes something that, you know, we, we do more often as opposed to it, it, it trailing off kind of like what you've you've said with date nights yeah it's just like um it's the it's the force ranking of priorities right like i think that it's like um you're talking about something that's really actually near and dear to my heart at this point especially kind of like the thesis of my podcast is this concept of like competing priorities like one of the biggest reasons why i wanted to start this podcast was because i wanted to figure out how to continue to grow as an entrepreneur and as a business owner and kind of my professional career, but also still continue to grow as like this kind of quintessential like dad, right? Being a really good parent. Mm. But what I was finding was that like being a good dad and all this stuff started taking up more of my priority and mind share. And then things like that, I had like my life mostly figured out all the way until I was like, I had a kid, right? Everything was kind of like bucketed into these compartments and I had this percentage of this. And like, I mean, I didn't break it down like by percentages, like, like literally, but I obviously did you like, you like build this up and this kind of like system up, you know, in your, in your, in your time frame, And then your kid comes in and then they just like completely, they've shoved themselves into the top of the priority mm-hmm. list. And then everything else starts to shuffle around it. And in some things fall off and you have to like really figure out how to reset right. that and reassess that. And it's a huge struggle for me. It's been a huge problem because, um, my, my, my time with my wife ends up falling the quickest. Um, I will say, you know, like, it's just like, are you, you're good, right? We're, we're good, right? You know, I love you. We're, you're, I'm going to go take care of the kids or I'm going to go work, right? Like, it just becomes so easy because it's like the easiest thing to like knock off because she's an adult. She's on the same team. Like, we're doing this together. Like, 
we're married like and it's not it's not right but it's just what happens naturally and i'll say another thing that happened is the physical health the physical health immediately falls off yeah. i mean that thing just goes off like the moment i get busy yeah. like there's not even like a question in my mind that's like my kid's crying i'm gonna go do that versus work out or- dude the time that i work out is like 11 p.m like like uh, uh, 11 <laughs> yeah. p.m I'm not even joking. Like, like that is my most common workout time because that's when, you know, you get all the kids and, you know, a little bit, you know, a few more emails fired off. And then it's like 11 p.m. Yeah. I'm crazy. Like, am I really going to start? And it's like, well, when else am I going to work out? So I do it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's so funny that you said that because I kid you not, like I worked out two days ago and I haven't worked out in a while because I sprained my ankle. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't been able to work out. But um, I, I literally worked out at 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah, so it was like same thing as you. Like, when are you going to work out? If you're going to do it, you have to do it at this ridiculous time, and yeah. you have to make it work. And and then then you're but then the problem, Jason, is then now you're pushing off sleep, right? Right. So something is always falling off. So right. it's really a matter of like I got to listen to Tim, I got to read Tim Ferriss's book again, his four hour work week. You know, because I'm telling you, there's there's like there's not enough hours in the day <laughs> at this point. Yeah, the secret chapter that he didn't put out there. Um, it's, it's a shame that we don't live closer together because I, I was just thinking, what if we, you know, like swap, what if we, what if we took turns exchanging kids or like, you know, like, or one family looking after four kids, you know, like, or the other family, you know, like, and, and so if that was locked in, right, if that was locked in, then, um, you know, and say it's only once every two weeks or whatever, like you. Yeah. You know that you yeah. know that there's an obligation there. You know, like and so it's it's not just something yeah. where whatever's happening that day can override your date night, you know, like super, you know, super easily yeah. because you know, neither of you are that, you know, vested or whatever. Um Yeah, I wonder whether something like that would, would you know, just create more discipline. Oh my gosh. That could be a startup idea, actually. That's actually <laughs> a really good idea. <laughs> that could be a peer to peer uh peer to peer business. I love it. Um, and, uh, I will say that I can't wait to see your house. I mean, look at, look how beautiful your room is. What, uh, what did yeah. you do there? Did you buy it like that or did you de- design that? Yeah, no, we, we bought it like this. Um, it was actually owned by contractors. It was their own home. Um, so, you know, we fortunate that, uh, mm-hmm. it had, they, they had, you know, really great design taste. Um, uh, in, in this room, yeah, this is, it shows up pretty blue, you know, like when the lights on it, but yeah, they, the stroke of genius was, yeah, that, that dark accent because it looks great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's beautiful. I love it. Thank and you. then um, <clears throat> the kids love kids love the move. They love they love being in they love being in Austin. Yeah, um, we. I mean, part of obviously, you know, the, the the beauty of moving out to Austin relative to you know like San Francisco is that you know there's a lot more space. You know, as as you enjoy as well. So um, now you know with with Taylor the youngest, you know being two he's we can just open the door and let them both out you know and they go and you know they're pushing their things around the yard and you know he's now learned to wander all the way up you know into into the street um which is great you know so um you know it's just it's just wonderful to to see them interacting with each other and you know like working you know playing together and you know working their stuff out together you know and, and somewhat uh independently yeah and so if I was to ask you, like, what you think your job is right now, like, as a dad, what, what would you say that that thing is? Like, what's what's the number one priority for you as it, as it relates to being a dad? Oh, that's a deep question. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, like, ultimately, um, I come from, 
uh, I come from like a, a, a really strong family, you know, like in, in, in New Zealand. Um, strong, not only in the sense of like my parents and you know, my two younger brothers and, you know, I've got some older half siblings as well, which who I'm also close with and who have, you know, their own individual kids, you know, like we, we grew up together in, you know, a small town called Dunedin, New Zealand. Um, and my parents ran small businesses, you know, like, you know, like, we, so, you know, we, we got to observe, you know, all of those kind of like strong work ethics that you get from like running restaurants and, you know, like things like, um, that, yeah. um, uh, and, um, you know, there, there are certainly, you know, like lessons from, from those in terms of like independence and, you know, the value of hard work and, you know, like honesty and all that sort of stuff that I want to make sure that, you know, like kind of we are able to, you know, share with, um, my, my children. Um, but then I, I also have a much longer family lineage as well. So, you know, the, my, my surname is Suhoi and, um, I'm Chinese. I'm of Chinese descent, even though, you know, like I was born in New Zealand and actually I am fifth generation Kiwi Chinese. Um, and so my great great grandfather emigrated from Guangzhou in China to California. This is in the late 1800s, uh, in gold rush time. So he, he went to California, uh, chasing the gold rush, joining the gold rush. And then he went to Australia because that's where the gold rush, you know, kind of the next boom happened. And then, uh, after Australia, he went to New Zealand. Um, and that's, you know, where he spent, you know, the, the rest of his life. Um, and you know, he was a crazy town entrepreneur. Like he, he, by the time he reached New Zealand, he had worked out that gold mining's a terrible idea, you know, and you know, it's too, <laughs> too, you know, like hit or miss. And so, um, by that time he decided he wanted to start up a, you know, a, basically a picks and shovels, like literal picks and shovels business, <laughs> selling picks and shovels to the, to the yeah. new gold miners who were getting off the boat. And he set up like a trading yeah. business, import, export, you know, wood back to China and fungus out from China for the Chinese, you know, gold miners to eat. Um, and, um, you know, just became this, you know, huge community leader in New Zealand. Uh, amongst the Chinese, but also, you know, like the, the European settlers. Um, and um, when the gold ran out, he um, he saw these dredges in, in the harbour, you know, like the harbour dredges that were trying to make, you know, channels in the harbour so that ships could come in. And they were basically buckets on a conveyor belt that was scooping the sand out of the bottom of the harbour. And he was like, huh, I wonder if there's gold in the middle of the rivers where people haven't got to yet. And so he redeployed those into the rivers to scoop oh, yeah. out gold. And he set off an entire second boom for gold mining, which was uh, hydraulic oh, wow. gold sluicing, you know, like, and basically using technology, you know, like to, oh to, to mine gold. Um, so, so this guy, you know, like uh, I could go on and on, like l l l there's like so many OG. facets to, to, OG, to, yeah. to the, the story and who he was. Um, but you know, all, awesome. all six, 700 new, you know, Suhoi's in New Zealand descended from this one guy uh, and we know that because Suhoi's wow. a made-up surname. So his name is Choi Suhoi. Mm. So his surname actually is Choi. I should be called Jason Choi. But because when you go off the boat, you know, they're like, what's your name? He said, Choi Suhoi. And they said, Charlie Suhoi, welcome to New Zealand. And so Suhoi, <laughs> Suhoi stuck as the surname. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so, um, 
That's awesome. So, so yeah, like the, we're, we're all descended from the, this one guy. And so like when, when I, I – I guess when I think about like all of that, you know, like I mean – Late eighteen hundreds, like he had no idea what, where he was going. You know, like what what gold mining was going to be like, what California yeah. was going to be like. Australia, like there was no like internet or like brochures or like, I don't know what the I don't know how you even make that decision to leave your family and go you know go out into the world. But you know he was he was curious. He had that curiosity to go and 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 adventure out there and, and find what's out there. Um, so you know, like I I would love my kids, you know, like to to have some element of that you know passed on and in some ways i you know mm. when i retrace it i'm kind of like doing the reverse journey new zealand australia california california um uh in the u.s um you know like you know clearly the guy was you know like super adaptable you know like and just you know one business opportunity spying another opportunity spying another opportunity you know like triumphing through adversity and then you know he just he, he just loved to serve the communities he was in as well, like the people that he was working with. Um, and he was a real centerpiece for the Chinese community. Like he set up a, it's funny to reflect on now, but he set up a subscription business for the Chinese community. <laughs> when, if gold miners passed away, wow. they would have sent, they, they, they were making payments in advance to him so that he could send their bodies back to China so that their families could tend to them in the afterlife you know this idea of like basically you know your family not being around to look after your body in new zealand was kind of like you know a strange thing in chinese culture um so you know that that was one way where basically he was you know helping the chinese community stay connected you know like be between you know everything that was going on in, in, in new zealand and, wow uh, and, and china wow um the the tragedy the tragedy the real tragedy to the story to his story is that he sent, you know, I think 300, 300, you know, deceased Chinese back in the first journey. And then the second journey, um, some years later, he had actually passed away himself. And when they went to load all the bodies onto the ship and then the ship set sail, it actually struck a rock off the coast of New Zealand and sank. Uh, and, and it was the, the ship and all those bodies, him included, like it, it were lost, you know, like for a hundred years. And it's only in the last, uh, I think 10 years ago, they, they, they worked out where the ship was. So, um, yeah. Wow. Anyway, back long, long way of saying, um, you know, like there, there are values that, you know, like I think about a lot that I, that I would love to pass you know, on to the children and make sure like yeah. they're connected with and oh, even, yeah. and even that family connection, right? Like which we've managed to preserve over those generations and that ties us together. It's hard to keep that when I'm living with the family all the way out here in the U S um, you know, so uh, I, yeah, exactly. And then there's so much nuance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, like um, it's, I'm not sure what the solution is yet. I just know what I, I just know what, I want to do. And so when you ask me, like, what's the number one kind of like priority for me, you know, like, what, what do I think about a lot? It's, it's, it's all of that, you know, it's kind of like, I have my kids, they're beautiful. And I know that they're going to be, their lives are going to be so much richer for, for having what I have. And so, you know, like, how do I, how do I, how do I kind of reconcile all of that in the modern world? 
Yeah, that's um, that's an amazing story. That's so cool. And I now I know what you mean by saying you have a very powerful family. Like it's like a very dominant lineage and 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 cool history, but also probably sounds like a very confident entrepreneurial family that stemmed from that original uh, original um, forefather, for, uh, for lack of better words, right? Uh, but then the other question kind of comes into like, how do you do that when you're so separated from the family unit and that right. history and that nuance? That's what I was trying to get at is like, because a lot of that stuff you were nurtured into. And so you have this sense of duty or responsibility or, or, or like accountability to honor that because you kind of grew up with it where your kids are not growing up with that. Right. They don't have that. They don't have that nurture. Uh, they might have the nature, but you're not, you know, you don't have as much of the stuff around it. Right. Right. Um I mean, WhatsApp, you know, like, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you don't have to answer it. I just, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I left my family in San Francisco. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm here by myself too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. No worries. I just, yeah, no, there's no, there's no real answer to that question. Let me uh, switch gears here a little bit just because uh, we have to um, wrap up here. And I do want to make sure I ask you my rapid fire questions that I ask every guest. So no matter how far-fetched our conversations go, which would awesome places today, I loved it. I do want to make sure I ask every guest the same uh, same five questions. So I'm going to uh, shoot them off to you, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. What advice do you have for other parents and soon-to-be parents? Um, well, I mean, I think everybody, you know, everybody's busy. Like every parent, anyone that's listening to this podcast is going to be, you know, like it doesn't matter if it's startups or jobs or like your own kind of like hobbies and, or, or, or even frankly, you know, like just, you know, full, fully, you know, like hundred percent, you know, looking after kids, you know, like it doesn't matter what, what formula you have. It's, it's always busy. So, I mean, the thing, um, the thing that uh, I did quite early on, embraced early on, was you know like kind of like layering on multitasking, you know, in in, in the shortest sense of the world. And so, mm. even though you know I, I mentioned I was letting myself go, you know, in from a physical fitness point of view, you know, like what I what what I was successful <laughs> at doing was squats and lunges. Um, and so our kids. We're not the kind of kids that, you know, like you could just like put down and, you know, and, you know, they would, uh, um, see themselves off to sleep. Um, they, you know, they're a bit more high maintenance in that regard. Uh, and so, you know, in a lot of, con- in a lot of contexts that, you know, that can be a source of frustration and, you know, kind of anxiety and just, you know, it, you know, it, it, it um, doesn't make, make you feel great. Right. You know, like when you, when you feel like you've been up all, all night, um, but I found, so I just try, started trying squats and lunges, you know, like while I'm carrying a baby, it's like, okay, well, what if I do this? You know, I'm getting my workout in, you know, I can, and so my kids nice. got used to, <laughs> to a hundred squats. And then by the time I got like continuously, and once I got to about 80 or 90, you know, like they would regularly be off to sleep. And then, you know, I could, I could lay them down, uh, which obviously, you know, like served to to at least two goals sometimes i'd be listening to a podcast as well <laughs> so you know there'd be three goals nice. uh, served there um so you know like i i think um you know and then the fourth goal of just mentally you feel better like as opposed to like having to deal with the kid you know who won't go to sleep you know like and just just you know mm-hmm. working yourself up you know you you're you're feeling like you're being productive uh and then you know like advice for like would-be parents you know i think to a similar extent it's like you know getting good at fun distractions like there's 
we all know, you know, like we get to choose our reaction to whatever our kids throw at us. Um, and it, it takes a little bit of practice. It takes a little bit of practice to, to not react like the, sometimes the natural way, which is, you know, like just to, uh, to ignore or to be annoyed, you know, um, and, and there is like literally always, as I've found, you know, a, a way to, to distract or, you know, like to turn into a fun game or just be stupid, quite frankly, be silly. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing that works as you know, I'm sure this is yeah. part of your playbook too. You know, like you're, you know, it's, you, you just, you just be silly and all of a sudden, yeah they'll eat the broccoli, you know, like you, you do baby shark around their face, you know, like, and all yeah. of a sudden, you know, the food's going down, you know, like it's that, that I've found again, yeah. you know, in terms of like, you know, just mental well being, and, you know, like, you know, um, and, and the, the, the whole mood in the room, um, is, is a really powerful thing. Nice. If you can go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, I think, uh, I mean, so, you know, I guess looking at, you know, where, where things are at right now. Um, and, you know, just the fact that, you know, again, uh, I would invest in, you know, kind of relationship with my wife, you know, like as, as much Mm -hmm. as possible, or that's what I miss. Um, it, it naturally extends then, then, you know, like I would, I would double down, you know, on that, um, you know, leading up to, to kids and, and, and really make the most of that time. Yeah. That's awesome. Very sweet. Very sweet. I love that. Very nice. Um, what's the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself after becoming a parent? How much, uh, uh, I'm not just saying this because you invited me on this podcast, uh, how much I love being a girl dad, like yeah. with, without a doubt, you know, like, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, we, we did the typical thing of do you want a boy or do you want a girl? And honestly, like I sli- I didn't care, but I slightly favored a boy. Um, and then when we got a girl, I was like, yeah. okay, this is cool. But, but then when you, I don't know, when you, you know, you hold a girl on your arms, you know, like as a dad, you know, like that's, it's, it's, mm. it, it's yeah, such it's a crazy, powerful feeling, you know? And, um, yeah. we, we, you know, like I, I used to, I used to sing to her, you know, like, I, you know, I, I, I quite like singing, you know, I've sung in like cover bands before. So I used to sing to her a lot and now she loves singing, you know, like she's a, nice. she's a bit of a performer and entertainer. Oh, awesome. Um, we, you know, my wife <laughs> and I did a, an elaborate, you know, dance at our wedding, um, uh, to one of Ed Sheeran's songs. And, you know, she, she loves watching that and she makes me dance that with her. Um, so, you know, the two of us, my wife has requested actually for, for her birthday that, you know, we do come up with some kind of a dance, you know, for her. So anyway, we just, we just have a special bond so that, cute. um, you know, like, you yeah. know, everyone has a special bond with their, with their kids, but yeah, I'm surprised by, you know, I guess how much I enjoy that, that girl dad relationship. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm so surprised with that one as well, too. <clears throat> so, um, switching gears a little bit, uh, what's your all time favorite business book? Um, my all-time business book, I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, nice. It was one, you know, one wow. of the very first. I was not expecting one that. One of the very first, you know, like that, that read. And, and I would say, um, the reason I choose that is it, it set things in motion for me very early on in life. Mm. Um, you know, it's the catalyst. Yeah, it was, it was because it's a broad business book, right? And it, and it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like, 
it's really good at providing a broad overview of how money works, you know, and um, how real estate works and how the stock market works. But, you know, and, and there's follow-up books and I, and I did then go on to read, I think it's Real Estate Riches, you know, like, but um, that, you know, like the my brother and I read that at the same time and, and we both were like, man, this is a no-brainer. Like this is when, – when you have money, this is what you do with it, you know, like yeah. – and, and so – of course, of yeah. course, with investing, the earlier you start, you know, like the the more impact, you know, like it has on on your life. And so, in terms of like, you know, just just net outcome of like having read a book, that for sure, I think, you know, like that is that is um, my favorite. It's awesome. And then, last question to bring us home here, Jason. When you're not being a, a super entrepreneur uh, with Supercast and a super dad with your two kids and a super husband to your uh, lovely wife. What do you do for your downtime? What do you do for fun? Uh, there is no, there is no <laughs> time. Um, <laughs> uh, there, there is no other time. Uh, that, that's why, I mean, um, that, you know, uh, that is the reality of like this, this period of life, I think, um, or at least the way, you know, like we're approaching it. Um, you know, like obviously then, fitness you know has come into it recently as i as i mentioned so you know 11 p.m workouts you know like come yeah. into it um and you know like if i for whatever the other time is you know like it's it's you know connecting with my parents it's like keeping that you know the, the facetimes and whatever going between my kids and you know their grandparents in new zealand um and all that sort of stuff so um uh, and then you know making time for the, for the dinner that we met at, you know, like the founders dinner that we met at, you know, like that's, yeah, that's an area where, um, you know, like we both, my, my wife and I, um, you know, like we we get a lot of energy from is just, you know, kind of getting external interaction, making sure that, you know, like we're not spending all of our time within, you know, these, these four walls. I think that I agree with you on that. I never really thought about that as my outlet, but I think it is my outlet as well too. Like meeting other smart people that are like building things, you know, those founders dinners, you know, and like, you know, having engaging conversations that are out of my sphere, you know, that are not within my coworkers or employees or business and that it's not within my family, but like, you know, people like you. Yeah. It's actually really interesting. That is actually really cool. Uh, Jason, thank you. This has been wonderful. I, 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 I can't believe I got to know you even better uh, than when we were drinking and eating. So this has been a fantastic conversation. I can't appreciate your time more. Uh, thank you so much for being on my show today. Yeah. Great to chat. That's the, uh, that's the wonderful thing about podcasts. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk soon, okay? Thanks, man. See ya. Thank you for listening to The Girl Dad Show. Please take a moment to follow us on social media. You can find us at The Girl Dad Show on all major platforms. We look forward to staying in touch and keeping you up to date with all the new guests that are coming out.